Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. just a sports report today i am going to be jumping into my preview and predictions for the ufc london card i am so excited i know it doesn't may not sound like it i'm a little bit tired as well but i'm so keen for the crowds to return to fight nights i'm so keen to see the ufc back in england and the london crowd is going to be buzzing they are going to have a heap of hometown favorites so a lot of stars from the uk Plus, there are a few other ones to watch from other nations. It is the biggest fight night in years. And today I'm going to start with part one, and that is the prelims. So I'm going to go through the betting markets. I'm going to go through my prediction for each fight and have a little bit of a look into each fight and give you some reasons as to why you should be excited for a lot of these matchups, all of these matchups, really. It is going to be a very, very fun card. And if you enjoy the podcast today, make sure to follow us on Instagram at not just a sports report, as well as following us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. And you're going to be able to see when my main card preview and predictions dropped for UFC London. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm specifically very keen for the Volkov Aspinall heavyweight main event. And I'm also keen to see my man Dan the Hangman Hooker representing my country of New Zealand, up against Arnold Allen. And everyone is buzzing about Paddy the Batty Pimblet as well. Ilya Tapuria is not, but he's on the card as well. So there is a heap to get through. I'm going to go through the prelims today, and I'm going to start with our opening flight, and that is flyweight action between Mohamed Mokhaev and Cody Durden. An excellent match. I'm sure the matchmakers have put this as the opener for a reason and I'm, I'm expecting a great showing these guys are going to set the tone for the entire night and we've got the ufc newcomer muhammad mokayev who he's one of the many exciting fighters to look forward to this weekend i have muhammad as one of my ones to watch in the flyweight division and things are really ramping up at 125 pounds so mokayev is now going to be coming into the ufc and looking to kind of put his name into the mix Whilst if Cody Durden can get another win after backing up last time and getting a win, sorry, struggling through that, so he's looking for a second straight win, then Cody Durden can start to move up the ranks. But Makayev specifically is someone that I'm really excited to see this weekend. The 21-year-old will be representing England, so he's going to have that home crowd factor. He's not going to have the whole crowd because obviously you're at the very opening fight of the night, but... No doubt the fans that are there are going to be loud, so I'm expecting a very big reception for Mokhaev. And yeah, there's a lot of hype, so we'll see whether the hype is warranted this weekend. The home crowd factor, no doubt, going to come into play. Mokhaev isn't nicknamed the Punisher for nothing. He boasts a spectacular 23-0 and amateur record, so 
Before he turned pro in 2020, Mokhayev was unstoppable. 23 wins, no losses at the amateur level. Mokhayev's professional record is already building to be similarly special at already a very early stage, but still looks good. Six wins, no losses. There is one no contest on his record, but that's just a little bit of a blemish. He has never lost. So in terms of the six wins in Makayev's professional career, he has two knockout wins, two submissions, and two decisions. So he's very versatile. And I think in terms of the way this could go, it could go anyway. I'm sure he's going to be looking for the finish. Cody Durden is someone that some people don't like. He did make a comment after his last fight that was... Yeah, very questionable uh, in terms of his Asian opponent. So yeah, um, I, I won't I won't really repeat it. And I'm not sure exactly whether Cody Durden meant it in that way. What he said was yeah, really stupid. But hopefully, I'm hoping that um, yeah, he, deep deep down he doesn't like you know he's not deeply racist. But we will we'll see. Let's see if he says anything this weekend. Uh, but Muhammad Makayev. He won't need, you know, anything more than inspiration and fuel. So I'm sure Makhayev, regardless of whether Durden had any ill intent behind his comments, Makhayev will be using that as fuel this weekend. Now, having a look at Makhayev's amateur wins, there's one that didn't have it listed, how the, what the method was, but the other wins, four knockouts, three submissions, and 15 decisions. So... There's a little gem of information in his amateur record. 15 decision wins. That is a hell of a lot and definitely the majority of his wins if you combine his professional and amateur records. So I think most likely a Makayev decision could be on the cards, but Durden himself is very quality. So it looks like this could go 15 minutes, but as far as which way it actually goes, that is hard to tell. Durden is going to have the grappling advantage, but I think Mokayev will be able to find a way. He's obviously been able to get through 15-minute contests a lot with 15 decisions on his amateur record and two decisions in his professional career. So I think overall 15 minutes looks likely, but Durden could outgrapple him and that could be his key to success. My concern for Durden, though, is his cardio, and I think that could be his undoing, especially because Makayev has the reach advantage, which I definitely think in the striking, Makayev will be able to get the advantages. Although Durden does have more of a knockout kind of specialty in his range. So it's going to be very interesting what both men present from their repertoire. And yeah, either way, I think we are in for a banger of an opening contest. As far as the profiles, Mohamed Makayev, the Punisher, is only 21, so his best year is definitely ahead of himself. And it's going to be really scary if he can continue to rack up wins at 125, because 21, it's like he has all the time in the world to make a push for the title. So what an addition Makayev is for the UFC. I'm very excited to see him have his opening fight this weekend. He does have plenty of experience to draw on as well as plenty of confidence from his amateur and professional career. So this guy's going to feel like he can't lose, but Durden is going to absolutely feel like he is the man to get the job done. Mokayev is going to be representing the KHM MMA team. I'll move on to Cody Durden now. 
He is from the United States of America. And at 30 years of age, Durden is nine years older than his counterpart. So he's going to have plenty of experience himself as well as UFC experience. So that is very, very handy. Another thing that is a huge, huge thing to note is that Cody Durden is a part of the American Top Team gym. That is something that really sways me in this one. I think we could be in for like a split decision. I'm really not sure as for how this one's going to go. And I think Cody Durden could really turn into something special. It's going to be interesting at flyweight how he goes up against Mokhaev. But yeah, the American Top Team, I always take that into consideration. He's got the best facilities. I don't know a lot about Makayev's gym, so that's going to definitely come into question. Cody Durden could be a great value betting option, but I'll jump into the betting market a little bit later. Another area of note is that Cody Durden is a southpaw, so in terms of the striking, we could see a bit of an awkward kind of striking exchange, maybe not the best in terms of like fights we've seen, just straight out bang fests, but... I still think the Southpaw thing is an interesting note. Cody Durden, there's a lot to say he could win here, but Makayev, he doesn't know how to lose. So flyweight excitement levels are definitely rising throughout the division. And most definitely throughout this opening contest, we have two stars who are competing on their respective run toward the top 15. So going to be a great opening contest. And I'll jump into their 2021 campaigns. First of all, we had Mokhaev last year, two wins and one no contest. Now, if you subtract the no contest from Mokhaev's record and you add his amateur wins, then Mokhaev is currently riding a 29-fight win streak, looking for win number 30 this weekend. Obviously, not all, like most of those wins weren't on his professional career, but in terms of actually not knowing how to lose, he is looking for 30 consecutive wins this weekend. Let's forget about the no contest for a second. And yeah, very big narrative. But the UFC is a whole new level of competition. Cody Durden is going to be the first test and no doubt a very stern test for Mokhaev. Mokhaev's last win was September 2021. He had a round two submission win over Blaine O'Driscoll outside of the UFC. Now, his opponent, Blaino Driscoll, had a record, or currently, after that fight, has a record of nine wins, five losses. So, definitely a higher level of competition this weekend for Mokhaev. And speaking of his competition, Cody Durden has had a mixed run in his last three, with one win, one loss, and one draw. So, yeah, it hasn't been the best of times for Cody Durden, but... His last outing was a lot better. He had a decision win over Arichi Lang in November 2021. That gave Durden an overall record of 12 wins, 3 losses, and 1 draw. Taking a quick look at Durden's professional record, 3 losses. He has been twice submitted and he's lost once by decision. So Cody Durden is very durable and he's yet to be knocked out in his professional career. In terms of Durden's 12 wins, he has 5 knockouts, 5 submissions, and 2 decisions. So, very interesting that Mokhaev, the majority of his wins have come by way of decision, whilst the majority of Durden's wins have come by stoppage. So, great stylistic matchup to open the show this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. 
What I'm going to do now, I'm going to have a quick look at the betting market and the odds for the method of victory. And then I'm going to jump into my prediction for this opening fight. Head to head, Makayev is the heavy favorite. I did see that, but I always like to look through, do my own research before I choose, you know, to look at the odds because the odds can be misleading. In this one, I think Cody Durden is an absolute shot. He has American top team who are going to be looking at all the ways they can exploit Mohamed Makayev's weaknesses. But Mohamed is the heavy favorite, $1.28, whilst Durden is at $3.60. He is the outsider. Having a look at methods, if Mohamed wins by decision, $3.20. I love that value. To win by a knockout is $4.25. And for Mokhaev to win by submission, which plenty of people think are going to happen, or is going to happen, my apologies, that is $3.25 for Mokhaev by submission. In terms of Durden, for him to win by knockout, which he has five times, $8. To win by submission, $17. And for Durden to win by decision, which I think would be the way I guess he'd be most likely, but most of his wins have come by stoppage. Durden to win by decision, $7.50. So I'm really, really not sure in terms of Durden which way I would go. But as far as my prediction for this flyweight opener, UFC London, I have not been this pumped for a fight night in years. I'm going to go with Mohamed Mokhaev. I think he's going to have the tools to take Durden down, and I'm going to go Mokhaev by decision. I think it's going to go the full 15 minutes, and whilst Durden is going to have his moments, I think ultimately Mokhaev is going to have the better gas tank. He's going to use his superior strength and conditioning and cardio to get the job done throughout the second half of the fight once it gets to the middle of round two and round three. So ultimately, I think Makayev is going to have enough, but I think this one's going 15 minutes. So that's my prediction for this opener. I'm taking Mohamed Makayev over Cody Durden by decision. And next up, we were supposed to have Nathaniel Wood up against Vince Morales. Initially, I think Wood was supposed to face uh, Ludovic Shalinian or whatever his name, I believe that's his name, from The Ultimate Fighter, who I was a fan of. I was really excited to see fight. But Vince Morales has withdrew, or withdrawn, sorry. So Nathaniel Wood is without an opponent to be announced. Maybe he's not going to get on the card. Now, I was excited to see Wood fight, but I'm going to move on. Hopefully we do see a fight take place with Nathaniel Wood this weekend, but I'm not going to include it in my preview and predictions. But this weekend, again, I'm going to be sitting down for thoughts and comments. Now, this card starts at about 4 a.m. for me, so I may be doing an all-nighter. It could be very interesting, but I'm going to see what I can catch of the card and do my thoughts and comments podcast. JJ might even join me a little bit later in the morning toward the main events, so it should be a great card, and I'll be sitting down going through the whole card. So if there is a Nathaniel Wood fight, I will get to that, and I'll give a quick prediction for, for that fight. But unfortunately, that one is off the card. So let's move on to a very quality women's fight that is on the card up next between Corey McKenna and Elise Reed. This should no doubt be an interesting contest. And although a lot of people have McKenna winning this women's strawweight clash, Elise Reed is a very, very tough assignment for her. Obviously, the Dana White Contender Series graduate Corey McKenna is one of the many stars to look out for. So in saying that, she does deserve to be the favorite 
And I have noted McKenna down as one of my main prospects to watch at 115 pounds. So there's a lot of top prospects and this weekend they're being matched up against very difficult assignments. It's going to be the sophomore appearance of both women entering London this weekend. Of course, McKenna had the Dana White Contender Series unanimous decision win over Vanessa Demopoulos in 2020. And we've, of course, seen Demopoulos has gone on to carve out a UFC career of her own. Then with a short turnaround, McKenna backed up and defeated Kay Hansen by decision in what was her official UFC debut. It's been a long layoff for the 22-year-old, but McKenna has time on her side and she's most definitely a top prospect in the landscape of the strawweight division. As for Elise Reed, the former CFFC strawweight champion defeated Jasmine Jezdevicius in just her second pro fight. She had two title defenses and then was called up to the UFC, so not very long in between the professional debut and the UFC call-up for Elise Reed, so the matchmakers obviously like what they see in her. Elise made her promotional debut up at Flyweight, where she was outclassed by Ciari Eubanks. So Reed ended up losing via ground and pound in the first round. Not the great account of herself that she would have wanted to give, but now Elise returns to strawweight, and that is going to be hugely beneficial for her fighting at her natural weight. Now, I expect this one to be a grappling-heavy contest, so it's going to be all about who can get kind of the ascendancy in those exchanges, and as far as that goes... I have Corey McKenna as the superior grappler, but I do think Elise Reed is going to cause her some issues throughout this fight. Having a look at the profiles, Corey McKenna is 22 years old, still extremely young. Nicknames The Hobbit and Poppins, so two very interesting nicknames there. Now, McKenna is of Welsh heritage, so she is going to have the hometown factor. Obviously, this isn't in Wales, but no doubt all of the UK stars are going to be getting a huge, huge backing from the crowd. So no doubt Corey McKenna going to have the crowd on her side in this one. And the team alpha male prospect has a record of six wins and one loss. As for Elise Reed, she's a little bit older, 29 years old, representing New Jersey and Kickside Martial Arts. Elise has a professional record of four and one. And another note here is that Elise Reed, my apologies, is going to have a significant reach advantage. So I know this is going to be a grappling heavy contest, or at least that's what I think. But in terms of the striking, this could play out in, term, in favor of Elise Reed. So I really expect this to be a close contest. And if a lot of it takes place on the feet, then all of a sudden the pendulum swings in the direction of Elise Reed. As for their streaks, Elise had four amateur wins from four attempts, then turned pro in 2019 and achieved victory in all of her first four fights. Elise now enters this fight off the back of her first career loss, so she doesn't really know. It's an unfamiliar territory because she hasn't lost before, so now she enters a fight for the first time, maybe with some doubts, maybe with confidence being... A little bit of an issue, but no doubt Elise Reed is going to look to make amends this weekend. As for McKenna, she is riding a four-fight win streak heading into London this weekend, and a fifth consecutive win will no doubt see McKenna facing a ranked opponent next, or a competitor that is floating just outside the top 15. Having a look at both women's methods, now in terms of the wins, Elise from her four wins has two knockouts, 
and two decisions. And as for Elise Reed's one loss, that was the knockout loss in her UFC debut. So for Elise Reed, she is four and zip outside of the UFC, but inside of the UFC, she is O and one. But of course, her debut was at flyweight. So now she's going to be looking to go back to strawweight, which is a division that she's yet to lose in. So very interesting having a look at Elise Reed and trying to work out exactly how she's going to perform this weekend. As for Corey McKenna, she's also only had one loss, and that was whilst competing under the Cage Warriors banner. That was a split decision loss to Nicole DeSegne, and I always hold fighters whose only losses are split decisions in high regard. So the only loss for McKenna, definitely a contentious one, and yeah, the judges found it very hard to call. So both women have, I guess, a claim that they're pretty much undefeated, and the one blemish on their record for both of them uh, does have a, somewhat of an asterisk, but obviously that is on their professional record and it does count. But yeah, Elise Reed was fighting upper weight, and for McKenna, her one loss was the split decision. As for McKenna's wins, she's had two knockout wins, one submission, and three decisions. So there's a variety of ways that McKenna could get this done. But yeah, I, I find it really hard to split these women. So. I think in terms of the actual contest itself, this could be a very close one. I can see there being a stoppage, but at the same time, I think they're just so closely matched that both of these competitors are going to find it rather difficult to finish one another. Having a quick look at the betting market now, where are we? Corey McKenna, the heavy favourite at $1.40 head-to-head. Elise Reed, definite value there at $2.95. Having a look at Elise Reed's method of victory odds to win by submission, which she never has, $23 for Reed to win by decision, $4.25, I think there's a lot of value in that, and for Elise Reed to win by knockout, $13, so that's still a very juicy price tag. As for Corey McKenna, the odds basically suggest that decision is the way it's going to go for her if she gets the win, Corey McKenna by decision, $1.75. $6.50 to win by knockout, and $9 for McKenna by submission. So it should be a great contest this weekend as the card really starts to warm up by this point, heading toward the bigger prelim fights and then the huge main card. So it should be a great contest. And as far as the way that I'm going to go in this women's strawweight contest, I am going to be taking Corey McKenna over Elise Reed, and I'm going to be taking Corey McKenna by decision. I don't know exactly how this fight's going to play out. As I said, I think it's going to be really, really close. So in the end, I've decided I think it's going to go the full 15 minutes and I'll be backing in Corey McKenna, who is one of the prospects that I'm keeping a close eye on this weekend. So that's my prediction for this one. Corey McKenna by decision. Let's move on to our next fight now. Coming up next is one of the fights that I am most excited to watch this weekend, featuring another hometown hero, now, albeit not from England, but again, a fighter who is going to have the crowd support and a top prospect at 145 pounds, Jack Shaw, up against his toughest test to date in Russia's Timur Valiev. Now, the bantamweight division is one of the most stacked in the UFC, so every fighter has to impress that little bit extra to push themselves forward in this crowded division. The undefeated 27-year-old Jack Shaw enters London this weekend with a professional record standing at 15-0. and 0. 
Jack went 11-0 to start his pro career, capturing and defending the Cage Warriors bantamweight title during that time. Jack was then given a chance to show what he could do on the biggest stage, being granted a UFC debut back in 2019. Now, having a look at Jack's UFC run, obviously he started with Noelin Hernandez and Shaw got the submission win. Then Shaw, in his sophomore appearance, got another submission win over Aaron Phillips before he had a very close win over Hunter Azur, getting the win by split decision. And then he followed up in his most recent outing, getting a decision win over Ludwig Shaolinian. So really, really interesting run so far from Jack Shaw. I definitely have him as a prospect in the division, but this is going to be a really tough task. I know on the betting market that Shaw is the underdog, and no doubt Valiev is going to be the toughest test of Shaw's career. Now, if you tally up Jack Shaw's amateur and professional records, then his streak currently stands at 27 wins and zero losses. So no doubt Jack Shaw is a contender, but it remains to be seen how he does against someone the caliber of Timur Valiev. Speaking of Valiev, his UFC debut was a bit less fruitful than Shaw's, losing to Trayvon Jones before the fight was later deemed a no contest. Timur was on a six-fight winning run before that no contest result, and he's since gone on to be victorious in two consecutive fights. Timur went 2-0 in 2021, getting momentum back on his side, with decision wins over Martin Day and Raoni Barcelos. Now the Russian's going to be looking to keep his momentum rolling into 2022 by becoming the first fighter to defeat Jack Shaw. Regardless of the result, this contest is going to be one of the fights of the night, and the winner will no doubt etch themselves closer to a spot in the rankings. Having a look at the profiles of both competitors, Jack Shaw, nicknamed Tank, 27 years of age, and he is from Wales, so another UK fighter on this card, another top United Kingdom prospect on this card, and no doubt the fans are going to be on his side this weekend. As for his gym, Jack represents the Shaw Mixed Martial Arts Gym. There's also going to be a slight reach advantage for Jack, so in terms of the striking, uh, maybe this is going to play out into his hands, but overall I think these two competitors are very closely matched. On to Timur Valiev, he's nicknamed The Lucky, 32 years of age, from Dagestan, Russia. Gee whiz, I just wouldn't want to get in a fight in Dagestan, it seems like they can all fucking throw down, right? Unbelievable place for creating and producing elite fighters, I guess, yeah. Very, very, very interesting, and I will definitely be watching my mouth if I'm in Dagestan. I will not be throwing any cheeky lines there, I will not be getting aggressive, not that I do anyway, but yeah, it looks like Dagestan, Russia is not the place to be walking around talking shit, because just about all of these guys could smash you, right? Anyway, Timo Valiev, his gym is the Nick Cartone MMA gym, and he has a professional record of 18 wins, 2 losses, and 1 no contest. In terms of the method of victory comparisons and losses as well, I'll start with the losses, why not? Valiev's two losses have come by a decision, so an interesting stat, the Russian has not been stopped in 21 professional fights, so extremely durable, and especially when you consider that Jack Shaw 
is more of a stoppage specialist. That makes Timor the perfect opponent for him. As for Jack Shaw, having a look at his wins, he has 12 stoppages from 15 victories up against a fighter who has not been stopped in 21 professional fights. But that's the stat for sure, 12 stoppages from 15 wins, eight of those being submissions with four knockouts and three decisions as well. Should be a great stylistic matchup. Very excited for this one. We've got a highly durable athlete and Valive up against a stoppage specialist in Jack Shaw. Both of them seem to kind of play on, you know, what each other's strengths are and not weaknesses of their opponents. So it should be a very, very sad contest. Just jumping into Timor Valive's wins now. And he's had 11 of 18 wins by decision. So a stoppage specialist up against someone who's, I guess, a bit better versed in the 15-minute realm. So Valive, 11 of 18 wins by decision with some stoppages on his resume as well. Timor has five knockouts, two submissions, but 11 of those 18 wins by decision. I'll jump into the betting market now, and this should be a really interesting one to see kind of what the odds makers think and what the punters think is going to happen in the fight this weekend. So as I just quickly pull it up, so I go on live here, Jack Shaw is the underdog, just, just though. So $1.98 for Jack Shaw and $1.83 for the favorite, Timur Balaev. Should be a great contest now for Timur to win by decision, which he has in the majority of his wins, $2.30. Timur to win by knockout, $8, and to win by submission, $15. As for Jack Shaw to win by knockout, I can't, I can't, I mean, it might happen, but most likely not gonna happen. $9, Jack Shaw to win by submission, which is his specialty, $6.50, but do take into account that Timur Valiev has never been finished. And for Jack Shaw to win by decision, which he's more of a stoppage specialist up against someone who's more of a specialist in the three rounders, uh, Jack Shaw is $3.50. So it's really interesting because if it does go the 15 minutes, Timur Valaev has shown more to suggest that he would come away with the win. But overall in this bantamweight fight, I'm going to be taking the underdog. I'm going to take Jack Shaw over Timur Valaev. Now, I was leaning toward Jack Shaw by submission, but I just can't, I can't go against Timur Valaev in terms of the stoppage because he's yet to be stopped. That could definitely happen this weekend, but I'm going to play a little bit safer with my prediction and also what I guess is my highest kind of opinion of what's going to happen in this one. So I'm going to be taking Jack Shaw and I'm going to take Jack Shaw by decision. So I think it might go the 15 minutes. If it doesn't, then expect a Jack Shaw submission. But I just can't go against the evidence that Timur Valaev is going to be very, very hard to stop. So I'm going to take Jack Shaw, the underdog. This one I'm really not sure about. I could definitely see Timur Valaev coming away with the win. But I'm going to take a bit of a risk here. I'm going to be taking Jack Shaw by decision. So that's one of the fights that I'm really excited for this weekend. I will be covering it on thoughts and comments as well. Should be quite early in the morning, so we'll see how we go with that. But let's move on now to our next fight on the card.
And as I move up the card, I can see that next we have a very important fight with implications for the landscape of the light heavyweight division. No doubt a spot in the division's top 10 is going to be up for grabs in London this weekend, as number 9 ranked Nikita Krylov faces off with the 11th ranked Paul Craig. The Ukrainian native Krylov has had a mixed run since returning to the UFC for a second stint. Now, Krylov's second stint began in 2018, and on return he was submitted by Jan Blahovich before he came back at UFC 236 and earned a submission victory of his own over Ovin St. Preux. Then a split decision loss to Glover Teixeira, which was a very, very close loss, only decided kind of in the last few moments of the fight where Glover got top position, but Krylov with a split decision loss to Glover Teixeira, who is now the champion. After that, Krylov had a unanimous decision win over Johnny Walker, and his most recent outing was a decision loss to Magomed, Magomed sorry, Ankalaev, who performed last weekend. I was actually away on a business trip. Apparently it was a very boring main event, so uh, I didn't go back and watch that, but Magomed got the win over Krylov, and that was Nikita's most recent outing. As for Paul Craig, the Scotsman has been at his best in recent times, riding a three-fight win streak into London this weekend. Craig's most recent outing was also one of his most impressive. The Scotsman defeated Jamal Hill, who is no doubt one of the biggest prospects in the division, and Paul Craig did it in the first round. He dislocated Hill's elbow and then secured the TKO finish in just under two minutes. Now, if you saw what Jamal Hill did to Jimmy Crute, if you saw what he did to Johnny Walker in their recent main event, then you will know Jamal Hill is a bad motherfucker. You do not want to mess with him because he can shut your lights out with one punch. So Paul Craig defeating Jamal Hill. I believe he's the only person to have defeated Jamal Hill, and he did it in just under two minutes. So the fight this weekend is a really intriguing one, and there's definitely going to be changes as far as the immediate future of the division goes. One of these guys is going to move up in the world, and one is going to have to kind of take a backward step, and their next opponent may not be one of the big top 10 opponents that they were hoping for. Now, we've got Paul Craig, who is 34. An interesting note is that he said when he turns 35, he plans to retire. So that is a definite cause for concern. I was liking Paul Craig heading into this weekend, but the fact that he is less than a year away from calling it, that does lead me to believe that maybe, maybe his time's up. Maybe his time's up in the division. He doesn't have time in that such a short space to make a push for the title. So I don't know if that overall hunger is going to be there. I think it's good more just to make some money to support himself. And I assume he's got a family. I don't know like what his marital status is. That's not part of my research, uh, actually, the marital status and shit like that. But Paul Craig, yeah, he's planning to retire. So I think Krylov, who doesn't plan to retire, he's going to have that little bit of extra hunger and desire to really get that win and push himself towards a huge opponent next. Now, initially I was leaning toward Paul Craig in this one, but I'm definitely having second thoughts after hearing about his plans to retire in the very near future. Jumping on to their profiles now, Paul Craig, interesting nickname, Bear Jew. Yeah, is he Jewish? I'm not sure. I don't know what Bear Jew 
exactly entails, but that's his nickname. Paul Craig, 34 years old, so very close to retiring. He is representing Scotland, so yet another United Kingdom fighter that is sure to have plenty of support this weekend. Should be interesting to see just how much the fans get around him, but I think ultimately he's going to have the crowd on his side. Does the hometown advantage count for much? Look, it counts for a little bit. I think it'll be bigger for the fighters that are from England rather than Scotland or Wales, but no doubt there are going to be fans making some serious noise in favour of Paul Craig. Craig's gym is the Scottish hit squad, and he enters this weekend with a professional record standing at 15, 4, and 1. That 1 being a draw. Now, Nikita Krylov, nicknamed the Miner, he is 30 years of age. He is Ukrainian of nationality. Uh, I was reading some things, I'm not sure exactly uh, where he stands on everything. I think there was something that he's like also proudly Russian or something. I don't know. I don't know enough about this to comment. Uh, but yeah, he is of Ukrainian nationality. So he should be fired up for this weekend. But uh, again, I, I'm not exactly sure where he stands. Readers, Wikipedia, I know that he's not happy uh, about the actual invasion. But yeah, I don't want to say what he's thinking about this because I don't actually know. Moving on. He's from the Vale Tudo MMA gym with a professional record of 26 and 8. Having a look at the advantages, there's going to be a slight reach advantage for Krylov, a power advantage for Krylov, the striking advantage to Krylov, but the grappling for mine goes to Paul Craig, so no doubt that's going to be the key to Paul Craig getting the victory. He is going to need to dictate the terms of the fight and make sure that it is very grappling heavy. Now the top 10 spot is on the line, so going to be very interesting to see what the future holds for both men after this. And there's been a lot of activity within the division's top 10, which is awesome because it means you will get a very quality matchup next. And there are a lot of moving parts at the moment in terms of working out the next title challenger. Now, Yuri Prohaska for the longest time, it, it, we all knew that he was the next guy to step up and challenge for the belt. But now, all of a sudden, there's a new opening for someone to really claim that contender spot, which makes this a very, very big fight for both Nikita Krylov and Paul Craig. Having a look at their last five fights, Krylov has lost in three of his past five fights. Now, he has been losing to, like, champions or current light heavyweight champions or former light heavyweight champions, but still three losses in his past five fights, so he's not riding the best form heading into this weekend. As for Paul Craig, he is unbeaten in his last five with four wins and one draw, so Paul Craig can have a lot more confidence going into this weekend, knowing that he's in some really quality form, whilst his opponent has been stuttering a little bit as of late. So stylistically, this should be an extremely fun contest. We're going to have Paul Craig chasing the submission. And Paul is extremely dangerous off of his back. So I don't think he's going to mind giving up top position because he's just so crafty. He can pull the submission from any position. So no doubt Paul Craig is going to be keeping Nikita Krylov on his toes throughout the entirety of the fight. Whilst Krylov, he's going to be chasing the finish with the aim of controlling the grappling exchanges and not allowing Craig to dictate the terms of the fight. 
having a look at the methods comparison. What I'm going to do first is have a look at Nikita Krylov's wins, how he's won, and how Paul Craig has lost. So I'll match their wins and losses up and see if there are any glaring stats that make it a little bit easier to form my prediction for this one. So Krylov has 26 wins. Here's a stat for you as well. Nikita Krylov, 25 stoppages in 26 victories. So another stoppage specialist on this card. That is a very quality stat. 25 stoppages in 26 victories. They include 15 submissions, 10 knockouts, and of course, one decision. As for Paul Craig's losses, he has four of them, once by submission and three by knockout. So 10 knockout wins for Krylov, three of Craig's losses by knockout. So that looks most likely like the way it could go. But if Paul Craig loses, it doesn't appear as though it's going to be by decision. He's never gone to a decision loss and knockout seems the most likely. But Krylov is also going to have 15 previous submission wins to lean on throughout this bout. 15 of 26 wins by submission, so no doubt that's still an option. And no matter what, I think I'm going to be going for this fight to not go the distance. As for Paul Craig's wins, he has 15 victories. And here's a stat for you. Craig has only competed in one fight that has gone the distance. So that was his split decision draw against Shogun Rua. And other than that, yeah, like just under 20 or 20 professional fights, Paul Craig has only gone to decision once. So no decision wins, no decision losses. It looks like this fight is destined to finish with a stoppage. Now, Krylov isn't the only one who's racked up a ton of submission stoppages. Sorry, I cannot fucking speak English today. Now, Paul Craig, 12 of his 15 wins via submission with three knockout wins. So no decision wins and 12 of 15 wins via submission. That's compared to Krylov's 15 submissions from 26 wins. Now, having a look at Krylov's losses, what I'll be checking for here will be any submission losses and to see how much of a weakness that is. Well, turns out quite a bit, five of Krylov's eight losses by submission. So that is great matchmaking here because no doubt Paul Craig is going to be looking to add a sixth submission loss to Nikita Krylov's record. So five of eight losses by submission, as well as two decision losses and one knockout loss for Krylov. Having a look at the betting market now, this should be a really interesting one betting-wise. Uh, I think there is a ton of value on the underdog in Paul Craig, who has drifted down a little bit in the market. So a few people jumping on. Paul Craig now sitting at $2.45 head-to-head. Krylov at $1.55. Having a look at the methods for Krylov to win by knockout, $3.50. Krylov to win by decision, $3.75. And for Krylov to win by submission, which... The majority of his wins have come by submission. $7 odds, so very, very juicy odds there. $7 for Krylov by submission. Don't mind that just quietly. Over to Paul Craig for him to win by submission, $4. That is very much the way it's going to go if Paul Craig wins here. For Paul Craig to win by decision, which he never has, $7. And to win by knockout, which is absolutely not his specialty, $9. So the best bets seem to be Paul Craig by submission at $4 and Nikita Krylov 
Knockout, $3.50, with a nice cheeky value bet as well, potentially, if Nikita Krylov by submission at $7. But as for which way I'm going to go, there is a spot in the division's top 10 up for grabs, and Paul Craig, he, he already has one eye on retiring. So with that being said, I'm going to be taking Nikita Krylov over Paul Craig, and I'm going to be taking the knockout here. So I think ultimately it's going to be a close fight. It will probably go past the first round, but I think once it gets really down and dirty, that's when Nikita Krylov is going to shine, and I think he's going to pull off a big knockout. In my opinion, he could be in for a 50k bonus check, but we'll have to see how that one goes. My prediction for this light heavyweight banger, I am taking Nikita Krylov by knockout. So let's move on now, and there are only two fights remaining on the preliminary card. And before I get to the featured prelim, it is time to jump into some heavyweight action between Russian fighters Shamil Abdurakmanov and Sergei Pavlovich. Now, this is going to be a really fun heavyweight fight. We've got Shamil entering London this weekend on a two-fight losing slide after suffering consecutive stoppage losses to Curtis Blades and Chris Dorcas. Abdurakhanov was riding high with five wins from his past six fights before the two losses completely hampered his momentum. Opposing him this weekend will be the returning prospect, Sergei Pavlovich. Pavlovich entered the UFC as an undefeated beast, and the hype was very real regarding his chances in the division. Sergei was given a stern test on debut, just about as tough as it gets for someone entering the UFC, being matched up against Alistair Overeem, where Sergei lost via TKO in November 2018. Pavlovich responded in style with consecutive first-round finishes over Marcelo Golm and Maurice Green, in 2019, but Pavlovich has since been missing in action due to injuries and visa issues, so we haven't seen him since 2019. It is now 2022. We have waited a long time, but Pavlovich is back, and it leads me to ask, will Pavlovich make up for lost time, or is Shamil Abdurakmanov going to cause an upset? Taking a look at the profiles, starting with Sergei Pavlovich, the Russian is 29 years old, representing Eagles MMA Moscow. Pro record 14 and 1, with that one loss being to Overeem. As for Shamil, he is 40 years old, from Dagestan, Russia, and he is representing the Fighting Eagle Gym, with a professional record of 20 and 6. My word, the Russians do love their uh, Eagles, don't they? We've got Fighting Eagle Gym for Shamil, and Eagles MMA Moscow, for Sergey, so really interesting bit of eagle time for Russia. Also got Eagle FC, uh, so yeah, they love their eagles over there in Russia. Anyway, let's move on now. In terms of the size advantages, Sergey is bigger, he is stronger, he is faster, and he is younger. Chuck in the fact that Sergey has an insane twenty centimeter reach advantage, so a crazy big reach advantage over his opponent as well as power and it's no kind of I guess no surprise to see that the betting market reflects that with Sergei Pavlovich being a very heavy favorite here. Now in terms of the rankings Shamil is sitting in 10th spot he has been a fixture of the heavyweight division for a few years now so it does lead me to believe that maybe a win 
will propel Pavlovich into the top 10 of the division, but he is floating outside of the rankings now. So my guess is that the spot for the rankings is on the line here for Pavlovich, but it's going to have to be a statement victory if he wants to enter conversations for the top 10. So top 10 might be a stretch, but I can most definitely see Pavlovich entering the rankings after a win this weekend. Having a look at both men's professional records and methods of victory. Now, I'll start with Sergei Pavlovich. He has that one loss in his career by TKO to Alistair Overeem. And Pavlovich has 14 wins, 11 of 14 wins by knockout, with three decisions as well. So, very, very likely that he's going to be chasing the knockout here. There have been knockouts in the majority of his, I'd say, most recent performances, but his most recent performances were like 2019, 2018. So it's hard to gauge recent form. He is coming off of injuries, but 11 of 14 wins by knockout for Pavlovich, and no doubt that's the way he's going to look to get it done this weekend. As for Abdurakmanov, he has had 26 fights with a record of 20 and 6. Now, 20 wins for Shamil. He has 9 knockouts, 7 decisions, and 4 submissions. So there is a chance this fight could go to decision, but... More than likely, we're going to see a knockout here. It is both fighters' specialty, and it is the heavyweight division where we see plenty of knockouts. Speaking of knockouts, four of Shamil's six career losses have come that way by four knockouts, one submission, and one decision loss. So four of six losses for Shamil by knockout, 11 of 14 wins for Pavlovich by knockout. So looks like we're going to be in for a banger here. I can see Shamil winning. I actually liked his chances earlier in the week, but as we draw closer, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really, really hard to deny it. the younger, the stronger, and someone who has a very, very bright future, it seems, in this division in Sergei Pavlovich. So should be a cracking fight. And just having a look now at the odds, pulling them up, Sergei is the heavy favourite, $1.33 head-to-head. Shamil, three twenty-five, And look, this mainly is going to knock out that I think either way, one of these guys is going to win by knockout. So for Pavlovich to win by knockout, $1.40. So that is no value at all. Uh, it's hard to jump on that price. It's almost similar to his head-to-head price of $1.33. So $1.40 for the knockout. Now here's the value. If you think Shamil can get it done by knockout, $8. So huge value there for Shamil to win by decision, $7. To win by submission, $13. But Shamil could be a great value bet for the knockout at $8. Overall, though, I think Sergei Pavlovich is going to have far too much to offer. And this one could get done very quickly. This could be a first-round finish. Either way, I can't wait to sit down. I know regardless of the result, this is going to be a very fun fight to watch. But it's time for me to make my official prediction. And in this heavyweight fight, I'm going to be taking Sergei Pavlovich over Shamil Abdurakmanov. And I'm going to take Sergei by knockout. Specifically, I think he's going to get it done in the first round. But I don't specify rounds and things like that in my official prediction. So my prediction for this heavyweight clash, I'm going to be taking Sergei Pavlovich over Shamil Abdurakmanov. So... That's the heavyweight one done, and that leaves us with just one fight left on this preliminary card to get through, 
And that is our featured prelim. It's going to be featherweight action headlining this prelims card between the 2014 Commonwealth Games bronze medalist and hometown favourite Mike Grundy and Mr. Finland himself, Makwan Amerkani. This is yet another wrestling-centric fight on the card, with both fighters exceeding in that realm. Striking will most definitely be mixed into this clash too, but overall I'm expecting a tight, grinding contest. Amakani in particularly badly needs this win, after failing to capitalise on the hype he earned himself with his spectacular 8-second flying knee knockout in his UFC debut. That huge win for Marquand took place all the way back in 2015, and since that result, Marquand has had 5 wins and 5 losses, so he really hasn't been able to translate that huge UFC debut and all that hype into sustainable success. Casting my eye over Amakani's record, I can see that his recent form entails three losses in a row, so Marquan on a three-fight losing skid. He's also had four losses in his last five fights, so Marquan not in good form at all. And his last loss was a brutal knockout loss in the opening seconds of his round two uh, fight, or it was in the opening seconds of round two, my apologies, in his fight with Englishman Lerone Murphy, who would have been awesome to see him on this card. Now, Makwan shot for the takedown, and he ate a clean knee to the face from Lerone Murphy, knocked Amerkani out cold. So, now it's fair to say that Makwan is at a career crossroads, and he's really got to turn things around. The Finnish star has a penchant for starting fast, but a major area of concern is rounds two and three, where Amerkani is often found lacking in both stamina and in power. Mike Grundy, the England native, has fought once per year since debuting in the UFC in 2019. Having a look at Grundy's recent form, well, in his UFC run across the three years, so not super recent, but his UFC run as a whole hasn't been super successful. His record in the UFC, one win, two losses. Now, he came into the UFC with a win over Nad Narumani back in 2019 but has since dropped two consecutive fights to Movzar Evelov and Lando Vandada. So, or Vandada, so. So, very, very interesting times ahead. So, I'm a little bit uh, off still coming off the back of a four-day festival, so my IQ may be at an all-time low. Moving through the profiles now, Mike Grundy, 35 years old, born in Wigan, but he is fighting out of Liverpool, England, so going to have a lot of support from this London crowd is Mike Grundy and he's a teammate of Tom Aspinall who is in the main event of this card so both of them are from the team Calburn I don't know exactly how to say that Calburn Wigan so Tom Aspinall and Mike Grundy from the same gym Mike Grundy is going to be looking to set the tone this weekend over to Makwan Amokani he is nicknamed Mr. Finland 33 years old and he is fighting out of Finland. They don't call him Mr. Finland for nothing. And Amikani's gym is the MA Training Center. And that's as of last year. So he's had a few gym changes. He's hoping this one can solidify him as a quality UFC star. And he can start to reap some of the rewards of his platform of being in the UFC for so long. And fighting against some really decent opponents. Now, the last thing I'm going to do is compare their methods of wins and losses just to see again if there's any glaring kind of 
weaknesses in either man's game. Now, first of all, Mike Grundy, 12 wins, 8 of 12 wins by submission. So that's clearly the way he's going to be looking to get the, get it done this weekend. Now, one win by knockout. It's still definitely an option, I think, but he's most definitely a wrestler. That is where Mike Grundy is going to be looking to excel this weekend. So overall, from his 12 wins, 8 submission wins, 3 decisions, and 1 knockout. For Amakani's losses up against Grundy's wins, he's only been submitted once across 23 fights. So I think that tells you that Amakani is going to be a very hard man to submit which is what Grundy's going to be looking to do. So again, very great stylistic matchup here. Uh, so overall, Marquan has been uh, knocked out. Sorry, muddling my lines. Marquan has lost twice by knockout, once by submission, and he's lost four times by decision. So the best way it seems to beat Marquan is by decision. Now flipping the script, having a look at Marquan's wins, he has also won... Most of his fights by submission, 11 of 16 wins by submission for Makwan. And Mike Grundy has only been submitted once. So both of these guys looking to get the submission, but against very high level opponents. So I think that tells you the way this is going to go. We're probably going to see both guys attempting a lot of submissions. But overall, it looks like this one is going to go the 15 minute distance. Now I'm going to have a look at the betting odds. But... Before I make the betting odds, just while I'm pulling it up, let's kill some time. I'm going to tell you my prediction now for this featured prelim. And in this featherweight clash, I'm going to be taking Mike Grundy over Makwan Amekhani by decision. So just having a look through the odds now. Mike Grundy, head-to-head, -head, $1.55. Makwan Amekhani, a lot of value there at $2.50. But I do question how he's going to go once it gets a bit later into the fight. Now for either man to win by submission, Grundy $6, Amukani $6.50. So pretty similar odds and good money to be made there on a submission win. For Makwan to win by knockout, highly unlikely, $15. For Grundy to win by knockout, $9. And I'm actually thinking about jumping on that as a value bet, maybe just putting five bucks on that. I think it's definitely possible that Grundy could win by knockout, but He's going to be chasing the submission. In terms of decision, Makwan Amakani $4.25, whilst Grundy is $2.30. So really I've gone the safe bet there, but after calculating everything and watching tape and going through it all, I've decided that the way I'm going to go in this one, as I said, is Mike Grundy by decision. I was very unsure on it, but yeah, that's why I'm going to have a nibble on the value bet of Grundy by knockout. But Prediction for the podcast is Grundy by decision. So with that being said, that is my UFC London prelims preview and predictions. I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry, I did muddle my lines. The prelims, I just try to charge through a little bit less editing, but the main card, it is time for me to now go and record that and do a much better job, hopefully. So if you enjoyed the podcast, fucking very rude from the train right in my big moment so yeah at not just the sports report on instagram you'll be able to see when everything is being released and the main card podcast will be released uh in a matter of hours so yeah shouldn't be too long for that one to be released i hope you enjoyed the prelims predictions hopefully we'll get some right i'll be sitting down for thoughts and comments this sunday morning so very close to the card this has been the prelims wrap 
and I'll be back for the main card. Until then, take care of yourselves.